Welcome to the Fathers of the Future podcast. Yes, that is wind behind us. We had rain a few weeks ago. It's a beautiful sound. And I just want to take a moment to honor and appreciate and give gratitude to the American frontline, all of the nurses and doctors and paramedics, everyone across our country who is fighting not only for possibly their own life, but for the lives of other people that are struggling, people who have gotten laid off, who are unemployed, the people who have family members who have lost their lives. We are six to seven weeks in to the coronavirus uh, as a global pandemic. And this is my second guest in those six weeks as we have just taken some time to pause. So unpushing pause or pushing play, the wind in the background represents change. And we all need a change. Whether we planned it or not, we're all going through a change. So my friends, I welcome you to the Fathers of the Future podcast where I'm gonna go deep and long to talk about some of the challenges that us men face, but more importantly, the challenges that we're all going through right now between relationships and finance and connection and our kids and our wives and the people in our lives separated by proximity, but even harder in the same proximity, in the same home. We've been dealing with those struggles a whole lot lately in our house. So this is the place where we're gonna hit it. My brother, coming from all the way, Detroit City, representing the fathers of the future. By the way, my family comes from Detroit City, multiple generations on my dad's side. My brother, introduce yourself and tell us why you are here today. Name is Justin James. Uh, this has been a long time coming for us, um, but I wanted to get on this podcast to share the passions I have for fatherhood and struggles with, um, you know, the daily the daily grind of being a father, being a man, being a king in in the world today. Beautiful intro. Uh, we're in an amazing environment, and of all the places we've shot, this by far, you know, aside from uh, a couple cities on the West Coast. And of course, Hawaii, this is by far the most beautiful backdrop. It won't do justice with a photo, but just being here and sharing the space and the energy, man, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to have some connection with some other brothers, some men, some fathers, some people in real life. And I'm going to go a little raw in the intro here for the simple fact that that's what I love to do. You know, uh, I, I'm out and Arizona is on quarantine light, as I call it right? People are still golfing. And, you know, the only thing really closed is, is bars and restaurants, but the reemergence is happening. And I, I have not taken my foot off the gas and I have been hopefully challenging other people to, to also do the same thing and not get stuck in the trap. Uh, I watched the news twice, you know, right when things kicked off and uh, the NBA season was cut. And then again, about a week later, and both times I was not impressed. I, I, I felt like had I gotten stuck in that any longer, like a lot of people I know are going through right now, then it would have been much harder to rebound or even just continue. How have you stayed mentally strong and are you consuming media at all? Um, that's how I'm keeping strong is by not consuming media. Nothing. Barely. Um, I can't say nothing. Truthfully, it's minimal and it's only, you know, if I enter the room and it's on, the hardest part is socially when, you know, in the social media world, it's everywhere. So we do my best to push it away. I'm like getting to the point where just delete it off the phone just till this is over and come back to it. You have two teenage boys. What did you tell them when this started to go down? And what was the family uh, huddle, if you will, to kind of get everybody on the same track? We let everyone know the facts of it. 
right? We looked at, you know, CDC, all the government websites. This is what this is. It's all basic stuff. Wash your hands. Keep away from people that are sick. And uh, we're just continuing to live life. You know, we just continue, like you said, my, my foot's been foot to the floor. The only thing we can't do is like restaurants and certain activities, but, you know, we're going outside. This is a blessing, you know. I really feel that um, this is what's needed. You know, the world just had to pause. I almost bring it to like a spiritual side where I think God is like, okay, wait a minute. You don't, you, you humans obviously don't have this. After all the signs I've sent you, I'll take care of this. I'll pause you. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of families right now. I see families all the time on their bikes outside. I see moms playing football with their sons. And like, that's, that's what makes me happy. So I'm like, I'm glad that this happened in one sense because it made people readjust things and, oh shoot, I got to do some different things. So creating space by creating distance mm. is, is really what, what's happened. We've been on top of each other a lot as we normally, as a family of four, mom, dad, brother, sister, we spend a lot of time together anyways when we're not traveling. My wife travels a little bit more for work than I do by choice. And, you know, this grounded her seven weeks ago when we had hit a max capacity already in mom being gone. Mm -hmm. And now it's too extreme. And we all know that. We've all even said it. Now, the upside, like you said, is more family dinners, mm -hmm. more prayers, more connection, more activities. The downside so far has been school and not being able to leave certain places in certain times and not allowing our kids to be able to go. You know, my son just hit the mall age. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, Dad, uh, I'm going to go to the mall with, uh, you know, TJ and Evan. Uh, can I have 20 bucks and can you take us? It's like, all right. Mm, that's who Devin was. Yeah. Devin was there, except his was like, yo, I'm going to take the Kaya and Rachel. And I'm like, yo, chill. What, what are you, what are your kids into? How old are they? And what are they into right now? <laughs> Davin's 14. Um, he's into sports, but like every other kid, you know, adolescent children, child in, the, in his age, teenager, they're all into games. So he, you know, he does play his games. Um, but basketball, wrestling, football, baseball, I mean, he's sports. He likes being active. When we were out here, loved going out to hiking with me and we'd go up to Sedona and hit it there. Um, but it likes being outdoors. It is playing sports back East just different. Uh, do you like, do you feel it from a cultural standpoint coming from Arizona to Detroit and back? Um, Baseball is uh, definitely bigger out here. It's bit way bigger than out here. Yeah. Um, I think there's more. I don't want to say talent, but I think the average talent up here is a little. It's bit. It's a bit higher, right? But I think that's because you have all the sport athletes. When they retire, where do they go? They don't go to Detroit. They come here. Right, to retire so then they get into coaching too so why is detroit football so bad i don't know i don't even watch detroit football it's so <laughs> bad. I, haven't watched, I haven't watched them since barry sanders barry sanders legend yes legendary barry sanders bo jackson i feel like my if my son was here he'd argue the point that they do make them like that now they're just different names and different jerseys but man those two guys uh rock solid i don't know but do they because I don't think they do, because look at Bo Jackson. No athlete plays two sports. Yeah, they don't. I don't even think they even allow it anymore. Yeah, I think after Bo and De uh, Dion, Dion yeah. they were like, "No, prime time. We're good. We don't need any more like that." But man, think of the think of the stress on that. Those those guys go 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 go, and their bodies. Yeah. Well, Barry did it right. He left early. Yeah. Retired early. What about Gronk coming back now to? Uh, that's gonna be with Brady. That's that's pretty clutch. That's gonna be bananas in Tampa Bay. What's the over under on there actually being a full football season this year? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I really I, the foot for football. It's just I watch it just to if I pass, I'm like, oh cool, it's football. I watch it. Uh, but like baseball and basketball, 
That's what I'll get into. I'll watch those sports. Have no problem. Doesn't matter where I'm at. I'll watch that for full, full course in. I don't care. I'll watch it all. What's been the biggest challenge uh, connecting with your wife during this quarantine the past six, seven weeks? It's an interesting question. Um, is she going to listen to this? Hmm? Is she, she going to listen to this? Cause you, yeah, you she probably will. And that's fine. I don't care. Um, I, I would say the same thing as if she was right in front of me. The most challenging aspect, connection-wise, would be date nights. Because you can't really go out, right? So now you have to think of alternative ways to do stuff. Right now, all of a sudden, go to the grocery stores, date night. <laughs> Let's do that. That's fine, you know. Um, Glo- gloves off, masks off. Oh yeah. 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 I mean. So, so what's your feeling on that as of now? Because here's the thing: this is not a political show. This is not a religious show. This is not an argumentative show. This is a show about dads and real talk real life challenges and situations. And my wife and I have been highly disconnected the past four weeks. First two weeks, we were rock solid. Week three and four, it was like, we were okay. Week five and six, it was like, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you in the hallway if I see you late at night. It's the <laughs> yeah. same. I've slept in a guest bedroom a couple nights this week. And I'm not ashamed to say that because we're working on the the recovery. We're working on it. And my my biggest challenge with her was that I was not going to do a lot of the things that the public opinion said to do. And and it doesn't mean I'm going against it. It doesn't mean I'm fighting it. It means like, look, it, people are wearing masks in their cars in our neighborhood. And it's like, come on, guys. Right? Now, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big part of this is the media and the fear. And yes, we know that there is science behind it and math. And then you really start to look at it and go, all right, well, Think about how this could destroy us more than getting sick. Yeah, I look at it. That's the thing that bothers me the most about it is I know the suicide rate's going to go up, right? Divorce rate's going to go up. Already is. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's going up. And people losing jobs by the millions. Money, right? Money's the number one thing that couples fight about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, think, I think of all the economic problems that people are going to have, right? That's the thing that bothers me the most. Um, I mean, yeah, the virus is a virus. It's gonna, it's definitely gonna be troublesome. But I think the economic turmoil, the suicides, the divorce stuff like that, that's gonna kill more than anything. Troublesome. Favorite Tupac song. What about you? What? You- <laughs> Favorite Tupac song. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm a biggie. Ah. Oh. I mean, I love I love Pac, but. Biggie's where it's at. You don't hear that word troublesome that often. So when I heard no. it, I, I, I was just listening to that a couple of days ago. Uh, Hit Him Up would be mine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still the number one battle rap song out there as well. Are your kids listening to hardcore music right now? Because my son has, he's 13 and a half. At, at 11 and a half, he outplayed the gangsterest shit I had ever heard in my life. And like I grew up in the gangster era, yeah. and it wasn't even like real gangster. It was just like cursing and whining, and mm-hmm. you know. No, Devin's got pretty decent taste. Um, Christian listens to man. How old is he? Ten. Ten and fourteen. Yeah, he gets more into like EDM. Oh, like he yeah. just, he, that's his energy level. Yeah. Right. He has to function at that level. Um, you see him. That's the one of the first things he does. You. You'll notice, wow, that kid's got a lot of energy, right? He just goes, 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 and he, he loves dancing. He'll get he has no shame, doesn't even care. But this is personality where Davin's more kind of reserved. So he gets to know you. Then he then he shows his goofy side. But no, Davin listens to he listens to some good hip hop. Um, he pulled he pulled a curveball on me, and he had a bunch of '80s songs. Like I'm not a joke, like Tears for Fears and stuff like that. I was like, what? What do you have? What are you listening to? He's like, yeah, that's a good song. So I was like, all right. I mean, that's some, cool. Some, some emo. That's little, cool. Little we're fine. Emo. We're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, my son. Oh, man. And, I, you know, I'm in the car. And, of course, I've supported this because my generation, my mom, you know, she was 55 when I was 12. She was 55 when she, when I was my son's age. 
And, you know, she came from rock and roll and Tom Petty and The Doors and The Beatles. And I listen mm. to that all now. But, you know, LL Cool J and Salt and Pepper were like the shit. That was it. That was it. A little heavy D. Uh, and then you started to get into like Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah. Like that early stuff. My mom made me return my CD, LL Cool J, oh. with the Panther on the front, to the warehouse, which was like a Sam Goody yeah. Tower record. Palm Springs, Cal. I had to return it. Uh, you didn't man. listen to any like Gangstar, Nas, E40? Uh, it, it came later. Oh, the okay. E40 was off yeah. the chain, but okay. I was like 16 then. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about like a, the 11, 12, Beastie Boys. Um, what was the name of it? Not Shaka Khan. I, I'll listen to some Shaka now. Yeah. But it was like Chub Rock. Yeah. Like the early, early rap. Like, Wu Tang? Uh, I wasn't a big Wu-Tang. I was more West Coast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's that, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, my wife is the biggest Snoop Dogg fan. On oh, yeah, I love there. Snoop. Yeah. I love that whole section, though. Dre, Krub, all them. She would leave me for Snoop and take the coronavirus <laughs> right now uh, to upgrade to uh, Snoop Doggy Dog. Uh, that's an interesting one. I've never heard it. Someone would leave somebody for Snoop. <laughs> uh, well, uh, unlike yours, my wife will not be listening to this. So, uh, my my wife's the Rock. I can talk some shit. She'd probably she'd flip right on the Rock on the Rock. But oh, the Rock! Oh, who do it? Who I, wouldn't? I might too. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. My I think my man crushes. Wow, I didn't think we were going to go this way. Uh, <laughs> hey. Tom Brady, and Mark Wahlberg, and uh, and I'd say the Rock. Those would be the three. Tom Brady's got an interesting. Interesting career, yeah. Like his man, his mindset is is on point. Yeah, he was like, what? What was he drafted? Eleventh round, one ninety nine. Yeah, one ninety nine, wasn't uh, it? I love that number. That's 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 nuts. Yeah. And look where he's at. Like, I I consider him the greatest of all time. Winning season this year? Not. I didn't say Super Bowl. Winning season. Yeah, he'll have a good season this year. And then come back. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be really crazy. Yeah, Tampa Bay's about to get real lit. Especially with Gronk. Have you ever been to that stadium? No. I've been to Tampa Bay a whole bunch of times, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been there, not to that stadium, but driven past it a couple times on that highway in the middle mm -hmm. of the ocean, uh, going down to, I believe it was Casper Island. There's an island down there. Yeah. And there's like, there's St. Pete's down there. Yeah. That's yeah, really beautiful, too. Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather's got a place in Sarasota. Yeah, see, we're West Coast people. We're we're California, Hawaii, Arizona, Nevada. Yeah. So, you know, my dad's side of the family's out there. Uh, shout out to GM, Chevy, uh, all those old school guys that you know, just grew up in it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, uh, it's generational. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because, like, I work for uh, another, another company, Detroit 3. And, yeah, you have generations. Like, because my, where my... Where I work now, my grandfather worked, right? He was an employee 208. Wow. Helped build it. He helped build the plant. He was a millwright. Did he get any stock? Oh, I don't know. Did What, what stocks have you bought lately since the uh, oh, slow man. decline of the American market? Uh, we bought Spirit. And you flew on Spirit, yeah. so you did, you backed your yeah, buy. Yeah, back it, right? Carnival. Yeah, what'd you buy uh, it at? What'd you buy Carnival at? Oh, I don't know. It's in the nines. So Mich yeah, Michelle 10, bought 11? it. Michelle bought it. We were we were looking at a bunch of stocks, and I was like, "Yo, let's buy this." And she's like, "How much?" I'm like, "Just buy, just yeah. buy." Yeah, shout when, out to my brother Michael Sanaki, who is in Detroit, who works for GM, who told me to buy Carnival yes. at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and I got it at like nine nine bucks and some change. I want to say we got the same right around yeah. the same. Yeah. Thing I'd have to grab her phone because she's got it all on her phone. Oh yeah. But yeah, we bought a bunch of them like that. Uh, marathon. We bought a bunch of casino ones. Because the way we think about it is, hey, everyone's gonna get their stimulus check, and what's the average person gonna do? They're gonna go spend it. Where are they gonna spend it? Spirit nine dollar fares. <laughs> I don't think the gates right? are gonna open like that. Uh, maybe just because I, I think it it happens in stages and evolutions and phases and. You know, again, I'm I'm listening to the content of people I know in commercial real estate that are discussing their mm -hmm. reemergence plan. You know, unlike school, like I don't think like sporting events. Like I I just can't oh, yeah. see on TV 
you know, a football game with 55,000 people in like 10 weeks. Oh, yeah, no. Right? That's just not going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Could it? Maybe. But What do you think about no fans? No fans? That'd yeah. Be, like, would you, would you watch any more or less or? No. Uh, baseball, basketball, I would. So It'd be weird, though. I'm going to give a marketing tip to the alcohol companies who are fighting and battling for the marijuana companies. Oh, yeah. Because when I quit drinking, I quit watching sports. True story. Hmm. I used to watch a fucking boat ton of football in my drinking days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, su- no, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It was four nights a week of football and drinking and going out and supporting that local yeah. outdoor bar scene. And then I quit drinking and it just slowly declined. And like now, now it's going to be hard to, and maybe they don't need to get fans like me anymore. Maybe it's all about my son and that, you know, your sons. Mm-hmm. It's all about that next generation. Uh, I would go to a UFC event over anything else right now. Oh, yeah, I would too. That would be like that'd be, choice that'd be, one. Yeah, that would be live. Have you gone before? No. I went that to see. really cool. Yeah, I, I went uh, in my drinking days, of course. One of my last, fuck, I didn't know we were going to go here either. One of my last <laughs> drinking experiences was like two back-to-back weekends, 08, one was a UFC championship fight, Gonzaga versus Randy Couture. Heavyweight Ooh, yeah. fight, dude. That was a good fight. Heavyweight fight. And we did three days in Vegas. We did Friday, Saturday. And then at the time, it was rehab, the nightclub. And we did Sunday. Listen to the birds, man. Yeah. I absolutely love it. This is what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. So I fucking, of course, drank my ass off. Uh, for those three days. And then there was another event. I don't even know where the fuck I was going with the story. I can see you having a hangover experience in Vegas. Yeah. Because you have high energy. Yeah. You know, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Vegas is like fear and loathing. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, man. It's like now if you make me go, I got married in Vegas. If you make me go now, because there's an event or we used to do like World's Toughest Mudder a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. You'd love that, man. I mean, you would love that. What I am, would I really love getting electrified? I don't do that. Well, I, they do it. Yeah, I, I skip that. I take the oh, penalty. I carry okay. the rock. You, you can punch me in the mouth, but you are not going to shock me with ten thousand volts in my back as I'm crawling in water. Uh, no. Yeah, I experienced that one time, well, twice, <laughs> but one time, and man, I, I, I screamed like a little girl, and I said, "I'm not doing that again." What's the penalty? Run a mile, carry a brick, do some burpees. Yeah, I'd rather do that. It's torture. I'd rather do that. What about, uh, let's talk about coral. Nah. What's the, what's the difference on that? Nah. <laughs> He's like, nope. Nah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, uh, it's, it's behind me now. Yeah. And the course has changed. It's like anything. Yeah. I heard a really good explanation of this the other day, and I won't do it justice attempting to do it, but it was like, oh, you know what? I was watching Netflix two days ago. Super sore. Ran 50 miles on Saturday to raise money for charities for kids, so I am going to do an early shameless self-promotion. Well-deserved. St. Jude's Children's Hospital, CASA, raising money for a nonprofit who helps support kids who are in foster care. And we ran 50 miles and raised $5,500. You can still donate. I'm going to put it in the copy below because we need your support. You got my donation, right? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Always. So. <sighs> we're getting off topic. Yeah. We're we should just go back. going all over. It's, I'm just mesmerized by this yeah. view. You got your, the sunset's yeah. about to hit. It's going to yeah. be. Real. So I was watching Netflix because yes. I was super sore from running 50 yeah. miles and raising money for charity. Yes. I like these free flows like this. No paper, no pen, no pad, just raw. Real talk. And this is rough. I was watching <laughs> Netflix. And it what was were you watching? It was, it was the new LA show written uh, by Cartoon, okay. the, the famous tattoo artist and his photographer. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Super dope. 
And some point in the, in the documentary, um, cartoon, the, the creator says like, it was a time that can never go back. We can, oh, it was one of the guys from Cypress Hill. It was mm -hmm. like, it was just a time where like everything was new. Night, you know, gangster rap was new. Getting tatted was new. And once it got to a certain point, everybody's got a tattoo now. Yeah, everyone. Right? Once it got to a certain point, it no longer had the nostalgia and it just, it didn't mean the same. Mm. Right? It's like the first time, you ever see the double backflip by Travis Pastrata? Yes. The first time that happened on a dirt bike. Lost my mind. ESPN, uh, X Games, 06. And then he, they went and showed everyone how to do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, here, come over to the house in Maryland and I'm gonna show you how to do it. Well, just come and hang out. We're gonna, I'm gonna show everybody in the world how to do it. That's legit. And he's a cool, super cool dude. In person, he's really, really cool. Really laid back guy. Him and Ken Block. Stunt, stunts, man. That's crazy. They're super Na cool Nitro guys. Circus, that's a dope show too. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. What what app do you think you use the most? Shit, I didn't I didn't remember to hit record. No, you did. <laughs> and say that no you did. Um I said to say this. Damn it. The gram? Yeah, the it book? is. The, it's the gram. Okay, outside of those two social platforms, what do you think you would look at most? Notes, text, email? Texts. How, how do we find out? Oh, you can just check it on your phone. Yeah, let's 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 test this out right now. I know it's text. Yeah, so it's like what do you what, yeah, what, what messages. do you walk me through messages? Where, yeah, where, so you go screen time. Yeah. See all activity. Yep. And then it'll show you whatever everything is. What's your daily average? It's really bad right now. I was down to like two hours a day, and I've two gone hours. up to four hours and 45 minutes a day now. It's really, really bad for me right now. I was really getting happy about the two and a half hours. That's different, though. Why? That's that's, that's scary, different. bro. No, it's different, though. It because says you're spending... it's up 96% from last week. It nice. says 10 Mine's and like a half hours. Yeah, but you got to think of what you do on a daily basis. Yeah. You, it's all on your phone. Whereas I have a laptop and I'm spending time, you know, working from home. Messages is number one. Oh, wow. See? Guess what's number two? You would never guess. Never. YouTube. Clock. The clock? The clock. <laughs> Who has the clock the as clock. a top three? Holy shit. It goes messages, clock, Instagram, <laughs> Zoom. I've never even ever heard that. Calendar, photos, safari, clock. Does that mean I'm like an, a clock ninja? I don't know. That means you have definitely need for a world clock. So, because you have clients where? Everywhere, right? East Coast, West Coast. Anywhere in Europe? Vietnam. Oh, that, see, that's all they have. New Zealand. Yeah, that's where the clock comes. Ooh, New, Z New Zealand. Have you ever been there? I've got an Irishman in San Diego. Where's that? Have you been to New Zealand ever? No, no we were we were planning on going in June. Oh man, we had this conversation with my wife. Me and my wife were like, New Zealand would be really dope. Australia's scary as hell with the stuff they have there. The big old snakes and yeah, spiders and whatever. But New Zealand doesn't. That's have not a knife. Yeah, everything's yeah. It's a little crazier there. And, uh, but New Zealand doesn't have any of that stuff, but it's so beautiful. And they're paying people. I don't want to talk about it. They're paying people to go there for a while. Yeah. I got a client there. Um, shout out to my boy, Cody, Cody Hunter. And we were going out there in July, man. We were going to do a crucible out there. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. We were going to New Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, and then Germany, Amsterdam, France, Italy, Spain, and then we were going to finish off in the Middle East and go to Greece. That was our Kayam World Tour 2020, June 1st. Yeah, I remember, I remember talking about this in uh, All Evelyn Summits. Adapt and overcome. Gentlemen, we're about to get fucking serious for a minute here. We had a world tour planned where we were going to sell our home and travel the world for six to nine months and take our kids out of school that we've been planning for three years and saving money and putting money into we had bought zero tickets, but we created the entire calendar. And when the shit went down, we realized, like anything, we can be stoic as fuck about it, or we can cry like little 
bitches. And I told that to my daughter and she was like, you're right, dad. Yeah. Let's man Maybe up. But, yeah. We what don't need do to go. It? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like Jocko says, <laughs> you're facing problems. What are you going to do about it? Good. This happens. The coronavirus happens. Good. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Some of the night, you know, tell the guys that work too. Same thing. All right. Machine's broken. What are we going to do about it? What's the plan of it? What's the plan of attack? Let's figure it out. So I'm going to call you out now. Okay. What are you going to do about it? What What are you going to do about this fucking business, man? Get done. We get yeah. it done. What, what, what are you going to do? Um, For the barbecue stuff. That's it. That's all I want to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. What's the name of it right now? Big Hot Meat. One more time. One more time. It's Big Hot Meat. Such a such a great name. It's a good logo too. What does the logo uh, look like? It's like an '80s pig with glasses. It's a big hot meat. Yeah, it's pretty. I like it. I'm, I'm gonna look at. It. We'll get it later. It's a pig. That's yeah, cool. Your your Go business you mascot Instagram. is a pig. Yeah. Big it's hot meat. Big hot meat. Go ahead. Shameless self promotion. Where where can we see you? Find you? Watch you on online? <sighs> Personal Instagram is awd. D-O-N-U-T-S, but the what we're talking about, the barbecue, is Big Hot Meat. So it's at Big Hot Meat on Instagram. But yeah, that, we'll get it done. I just don't know what lane, what, what do I want to do the sauces? Do I want to do the rubs? Or do I want to do, right? Do I want to do the, I, the meats, the meats where it's at, though. Or remember what I showed you earlier? I know. Throw it to the wall and stick it. Yeah, it's it's the meat. Now I just have to coordinate everything, plan it, and get it done. On the precast, uh, you said there is an emotional charge oh, with yeah. feeding people and feeding them food that makes their mouth water, that makes them look at each other and go, wow, I taste this. So there's an emotional connection with food. That's why I like barbecue because – so you can go to France and you can get really special – culinary right food you can go to argentina or brazil but barbecue is the one food that doesn't matter what level of person you are right like where you're at in it doesn't matter if you're multi-millionaire doesn't matter if you are from texas don't matter where you're from you can all sit at the same table and find some community within each other and that's what I really, really, really like, right? Is that emotional connection that it brings. Feeding people is a gift, man. It's a gift. Uh, shout out to my wife. Maybe she'll listen to this. Probably not. Though. <laughs> shout out to my wife. She's cooked more in the past six weeks than she has in our marriage. And I've done more dishes in the past six weeks than I, I have in our marriage. What What do you own in the house? Like, what is like... So, like, for... I say for yeah. me, for like every man probably. Like I drive, like I drive, like we all saddle up. We take road trips. This summer we're going to be heading across the country now that we're mm -hmm. quarantined to uh, America. And I'm, my, my wife won't even see, uh, she won't see the steering wheel. Oh, my wife will. We're, we're, when we leave here to go back to Detroit, what we'll do is- Are you driving back in the Camaro? No, in the in the, the, oh, in the U -Haul. U haul the Penske truck. Um, we'll switch every couple hours, two three hours, two three hours, and then that's the way we've seen, right? When we traveled last year, right? That's what it was. That's how it worked really well. Um, if we wanted to get like from like Texas to Detroit, and we needed to get there for a reason. Two three hours, two three hours. But what do I own? You asked, right? Coffee. I make coffee damn near 98% of the time, right? Uh, I do dishes. It's really simple. It's really simple. Well, I do this stuff because my wife's love language is acts of service, right? That's the that's the language she speaks in more than anything, anything ever. Break it down for the rookie men or rookie fathers or boyfriends or husbands. Uh, who who do not know what the five love oh. languages are, and at least share what yours is. Oh, that mine's easy. I like um, physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah, and uh, 
So my wife's is acts of service. You're killing me here. Acts of service, physical touch. Yeah. Man, what are they? Where are they all at? Oh, they want they want you to click and click and click. Yeah, I haven't read this book. Now, now, now I definitely have to. Yeah, learn. So your words love of affirmation. Language. Okay. Words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, yeah. gifts, and quality time. Oh, I like that. Right. My wife's is acts of service. Like, dude. I could buy her, I could buy her an R8, right? A what? An Audi R8. Oh, yeah. And she'd be like, hmm, cool. She wants you to rub her feet. No. No? No, don't touch Temples, feet. don't touch your feet? No. But if I made, like, coffee or do the dishes, coffee, if I folded some dishes, laundry, getting, she'd be like, you're yeah. You're getting laid? What's she telling me today? Oh, damn it. I wish she was here. She said something. Um, I think I was doing dishes and just putting them away, and she's like, you know what turns me on more than anything? I'm like, what? She's like, you doing the dishes. Wow. I was like. That's, but it's simple things. My wife would say some shit like that about cleaning up the garage, but as soon as I'm done with it, she's like, ha, gotcha. (laughs) She's definitely not going to be listening to uh, this episode. Oh, it's. My wife, not yours. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like 99% men, uh, which is fine. That's fine. That's what it's. That's what it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about transgenders? Oh, dude, that's a. I mean, like, Dude, okay, so I'm, I'll break it down. Um, it's weird to me. It's really weird. There should only be two. If you have, if you got a penis, you're male. If you got a vagina, you're female. That's it. Like, that's weird to me. It's just weird. I saw a funny uh, Instagram post. You know, these what do you call them? Gifts or whatever. These yeah. These funny haha's, right? <laughs> fucking cartoons and it was like you want to get your stimulus check you only got two boxes to check yeah <laughs> male or female what do you think about the stimulus checks i applied yeah i, I applied for the two the ppp mm-hmm. and the sba uh but i did it with integrity with what i made last year mm-hmm. and i did the mathematical equations the multiplication chart to you know, and, and prove my case. I have not received a dollar yet. If I do, we'll have that conversation. And <laughs> right yeah. now it's ghost it's money. Cool. It doesn't even fucking exist. Doesn't exist yeah. Right. It's like, you know, applying to be on American Idol, you know, or Survivor. Right. Yeah. It doesn't exist till you get a phone call. To get that golden ticket. Yeah. Or if we go back to like the Christmas story, it's like Ovaltine. <laughs> yeah. Like it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Right? It didn't exist. Favorite Christmas movie of all time? Die Hard. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's not a Christmas <laughs> Yes, it is. It is totally a Christmas <laughs> I, movie. I feel like you had Who that just answer said that? already in the back. Like, you've answered that before on yes, the podcast. A million times. <laughs> a million times. Because uh, I have arguments yeah. about it. It's not a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Why is it out every single Christmas then? If it's not a Christmas movie. There's, like, Christmas in it. No, it's a There's Christmas. also Christmas in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, there's a Christmas tree. Yeah. That lethal Weapon. Now you're that's a Christmas movie because it's in Christmas time. Yeah. Die Hard. Fuck. What's your favorite? Christmas Story. It's a good one. 24 hours straight. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Just put it on the whole you can't time. can't go wrong with it, though. This last Christmas, I'm not ashamed of this either. You know, we were, we were traveling the world. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not now, but yeah. we, we were. Yeah, you were. So we got rid of Halloween. Mm. minimized Thanksgiving to a box and took Christmas down to two. Yeah. We were out. We were going to sell and just be pirates for six to nine months. And we didn't go. Clearly, we didn't go. But we decided to start Christmas on November 1st this year. So the day after Halloween, Halloween's gone, poof, wow, magic, disappear. Mm. We're going on a world tour. November 1st comes. And we just bypassed Thanksgiving. We went right to Christmas. It was Christmas in our house from November 1 to December 26. And the moment it was over, again, we gave away all our Christmas shit, supercharged it, high five. We celebrated Christmas for eight weeks, man. That's awesome, though. It it was cool. It was cool. But, you know, after a while, your eyes start to twitch and you think you got, like, you know, you're bipolar because you're cursing, like, you know, Chevy Chase. And there's, there's a question I got for you. What is your feelings about your kids cursing? Do you let them curse? 
they curse without me letting them or not. Yeah, they're going to, yeah. Yeah, my son's vocabulary, he curses. Uh, he said some things the other day as I, he was playing a video game where I was like, bro, you can't let your mom let, you know, hear yeah. you say that. My daughter will curse. That's fairly new. That's like nine months, a year. That's, that's, I would, that would throw me through, through a loop. Curse looks, out loud. Yeah, she looks too innocent. Yeah. She'd be like, that guy's a shithead. Can I say <laughs> I it again? Can I say it again? He's a shithead. I can see her saying it just like that. Shout out to my son's art teacher. My, my son's art teacher who's teaching online art. No, no, it's music. Excuse me. It's like one of the subjects that doing it virtual like sucks. Music. Oh, be, yeah. yeah. It's music and he's like learning like notes and he's not even learning to play an instrument. Mm. I've never seen anybody trigger my son like this guy. Like really? Full on like, yeah. If, if anyone heard the language he uses for, for this man, uh, you know, this online school thing, how did you guys, how did your kids flip it? Easy. Here's the, so like everyone, the average person that's out here, right? They're not used to this. We are. We traveled for like nine months. So my kids were homeschooling. It threw them through a loop, getting back into the grind of, you know, getting to school, right? Okay, let's get doing this stuff. And then it was over. And then they were like, sweet, we're going back to the norm. So they just, it was no big deal. I'll tell you, that's that's the one thing that I think saved us was that traveling as a family. It bonded us super, super tight. There was nothing breaking our walls because of that. You know, we had conversations, me and my wife, we had conversations before that. It was either, you're either going to, it's either this traveling thing full time where you're around each other 24-7, baby. There's no getting away, right? It's either going to break us or it's going to make us. And either one of us, we're cool with we just want to be happy right i like that and boom I, we're, just, we're in we are so tight right now yeah there's nothing there's nothing so for someone listening to this and they're disconnected from their wife and they're looking for ways man what what's your inspiration besides getting out of town which you know you guys had some balls to do because you said it yourself somebody was even calling you out like mm -hmm. what do you mean you're traveling now? Oh, a lot of people did um, the number one, I think the largest piece of advice I give to people would be, be deliberate, be very deliberate and not just with your wife, but like with everything, set your intentions and communicate and make sure they understand it and then just go with it. But if something is askew and it doesn't seem right, then let them know that it doesn't seem right. And this is how I feel. Does it suck getting it back? Oh, it's brutal. It can get real brutal. Like, real brutal. I mean, before we went, before we went traveling, it was, man, I'd say probably a good four or five months. No sex. And I was like, yo, what's going on? Like, this is not, this is not right. I don't like this. You know? And she said, hey, listen, if we're going to be honest, let's be honest. Maybe we're going to be deliberate like you telling everybody, let's do this. That's all right. And she's like, you ain't doing the shit. You ain't doing the work. Because I'm the one carrying the family, right? You're a kid. You're another kid that I'm supporting right now. Financially? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I came out here the, the second time and I kind of got into a, a funk, man, and just set in. And then she was like... Uh, you know, you're just you're just a kid. Why would I? Why would I want to have sex with one of my own children? That's not that's not how this works. So, hey, does does that hurt? Fuck yeah, that hurts. That is brutal, as a man, right? But if you detach yourself away from those words and kind of step back and go, hey, what is she really saying? You know, okay, cool. Take it as take it as um, her words and adjust. You have to adjust and. Instead of run away, yeah, run towards you, you, it. You faced. Ooh, yeah, faced that's it. good, real good. I feel like that's what you got to do to everything, though. Like, you know, Steg just had that right where he had the video. Run right to it, and I was like, man, I needed that. Thank you, because I immediately thought of barbecue. Barbecue every time. Every time, 
All right. Because I'm, I'm really, honestly, there's nothing I can't that I, I've, there's nothing right now in those areas of life that I'm not running to except for that. Right. Relationships are good. Families are good. Finances, we're working on our way. They're climbing right back up. You know, that's good. Fitness, well, it's getting there. <laughs> it started, it started again two weeks ago. We're starting to do, I'm starting to do more. What'd you learn about push-ups today? Do, do your age. How often? Every day. Every non, motherfucking day. It's non-negotiable. It is non-fucking negotiable. Yeah. Listen, if you're still here and you're still listening to this, wake the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I, I know this has been a different type of cast, but I can tell you right now, it's the one we needed because it was light mm. and it was uh, purposeful and it had intention behind it. We also had some fun, man. Uh, I did a live video for a football team of 10-year-olds the other day. And I have an alias, a.k.a. Mike Honcho. Oh, yeah, I love this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I brought Mike out, and these kids laughed. And I was teaching them, but I was making them laugh, mm -hmm. right? And it was like, these are the three things, the three keys for your success right now. Number one, have fun and laugh, period, right? Number two, show up. Just show up. Your mom asks you to come to the dinner table, show up. Coach that tells you to come to the park, show up. Right? Like, just show up. It's the golden rule for success. And then number three is like, work hard. It's like so simple. This is how fortunate we are where this pocket where we live. And I'm a big fan of the 85260 in Scottsdale. And I've lived across the country from Hawaii to San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, uh, you name it. We had Howie Kendrick, who is a World Series champion. And we had Golden Tate on these video coaching calls back-to-back -back weeks, Super Bowl champs, because of the connections of some of the dads here in this area. More important than just the connections is like, I think fatherhood now is on this whole new path mm -hmm. that it has ever been before. And that's really why we're here and why, you know, I asked you to come on the show and, you know, you went deep and shared some, some really personal sentiments. You got vulnerable, man. And that's the whole purpose behind this is nobody taught us how to be these men. We've, we've learned. Mm. And in that process, men having boys, we're teaching them how to not make some of the same mistakes we've made past yeah. and present. What are your thoughts on, uh, your kids making mistakes? Oh, they, they fuck up all the time. I, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've started to test the non-coaching coach. Hey okay. guys, hey guys, I'm going in, I'm going to go train. I'll be, I'll be in the mm. gym. You guys want to come lift with me? Let me know. Hey guys, I'm training. Let me know if you want to come lift. Instead of getting in dad mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to, oh. uh, because we did that for so long. You know, our kids were, were born in a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Literally both of them. And that was their first 10 years of life. So they saw high level training and mm -hmm. discipline and, you know, being able to teach large groups and all of that shit, regardless of what they become or what they do is going to serve them. You know, they, they understand discipline, my son, more than my daughter. Mm -hmm. They understand, you know, working hard and grinding. But at this point already, 13, 11, 12, it's like, if I push too hard too far, I'll lose that relationship. Mm -hmm. And you think about being a dad is this is a this is a lifelong game. It's a long game. We can easily do something in one moment that yeah. fucking oh, yeah. kills what you did for 15, 18, 22 years. Right? So it's not that I want to be liked either, because I've often asked that question, you know, are mm -hmm. you are you friends with your kids or are you their father? I'm like, I think it's a fucking bullshit question, right? Like I'm friends with everyone. I'm a friendly person. Yeah. I love people. You know, I love my kids hard, uh, but I'm also their dad. Mm -hmm. Do I discipline super hard and heavy? Not really. I I don't. I I beat them up a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Especially my son. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, so I can see. Yeah, you can be pretty hard on him. Oh yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. Right or wrong, I am the dad 
and the disciplinary that I would have wanted in my own life growing up without a dad. I'm just mm -hmm. hard enough that I would have kept my ass yeah. out of jail, out of fighting, maybe a scholarship. Yeah. Definitely more than senior year. Definitely wouldn't have broke my knuckle uh, during baseball season punching some dude in the mouth. Like, you know, that kind of shit. That's a hard chin you're punching. It was his tooth. I split it. But I married the girl, so it makes up for it. <laughs> Uh, those were the kind of mistakes that, that I truly believe a dad like me would have been like, Hey, no, 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 no fucking way. You know? So I'm probably 51% on the harder side. You know? Oh yeah. Just enough, uh, mm -hmm. more than less than. Right. Yeah. And with my daughter, I, I believe I'm less than. I'm, I don't have a, I don't have a daughter, but I have a niece. I'm a sucker. Yeah. I'm a total sucker. Yeah. I have nieces and all of them. All of them I'm a sucker. Everyone's like, it's probably a good thing you didn't have a daughter. Yeah. You'd be you'd be a wimp. Yeah, so fuck it. We're gonna go there because uh we're under the 60 minute mark. And and if you're still listening, you need to get the good stuff. My daughter changed my life. I quit drinking, realized how valuable this position was, really started to hone mm -hmm. in on my game. And for nine, 10 years, man, we were like this. And then she started getting a little bit older, mm -hmm. a little more sassier, a little bit more adult-like. And, and two nights ago, we literally had the worst interaction slash fight slash verbal beatdown between each other mm -hmm. for two and a half hours that started over something so small as your homework. And it wasn't that I was yeah. getting her or telling her to do the homework. It was that she wouldn't listen to me on how to get it done when she asked me. And it was painful, bro. Painful. Like, again, you know, 11, 12 years old, the hardest night of our life. And it ended in us, right, crying, laughing, praying, um, you know, falling asleep together on, on the couch. And the next day was way better. And the yeah, next day, way better. And today, way better. So all the dads listening that have daughters, is this the type of collision that, that brings you closer to your daughter? Uh, I'm not sure, man, but I don't like to. It's an emotional drain when you fight with people that you don't want to. Oh, yeah. Right? With me, it's, yeah, definitely. Especially family members. It drains the hell out of me. I'm like, nope. Just wasted energy. Just wasted energy. Yeah. Like, I get to the point where I'm like, I don't My wife hates it. Because I will argue, and I, I still do it. I'm sure of it. Um, our, our kids don't get that, though. Do your boys fight with each other? Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> that's, that's all. Let's well, see here. This is the situation with that. My 10-year-old is five foot, size 10 and a half shoe. 155 pounds it's a big he's a big boy he's he's husky my oldest size nine and a half shoe five four now five five because he's taller than mom but christian's a nice kid until he's not and then davin's like oh i gotta i gotta show him what's up i'm, I'm the older brother i gotta show him that i'm the older brother except for christian we'll pick him up He'll bear hug him. Like you've seen the internet videos like this. He'll bear hug him. Pick him up and slam him on the ground and just look at him. And I keep telling Davin, like, listen, dude, if he becomes mean, you're in trouble. Cause he's got big hands. His hands are bigger than yours. His hands are, I mean, they're they're bricks. He could one swift chin, man. You're done. But telling him that is probably a bad idea. Cause now he's like, oh, I gotta show him. Show dad that I can, you know, I can defend, right? So they get it at all time. They pick. What do you want your boys to know about you when you're gone? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I gave life everything I had. I did my best with them. And I gave them the absolute best experiences that I could possibly give. Yeah, that'd, that'd be the three things. Cause I'm like, like when you talked about 
how your dad was and how you'd parent, right? How you father. That's how I is, right? How I am, right? I switched around like I want to give what I didn't have, right? So the experiences was a really good thing, right? That's my only thing that I have from my childhood is there's like a couple experiences that I really remember, right? But I want my kids to have like tons of them. Like, hey, remember this time? Remember this time? I want them to go like hours and hours and hours, you know, into my funeral, right? Of like, yeah, I remember this one time. Remember this one time? And there's plenty of them. There's plenty of stories already. So the traveling was a huge thing, though. It was a really big experience for them. Because yeah, yeah, they got to be boys, you know? Explore the wilderness. Middle of Alabama. In the middle of the forests. Arizona. Wherever we're at. Texas. So it was good. The experience is like the number one thing for me, though. Discipline. I'm kind of hard. Like when you said about the, the friendship thing. My son gets, my oldest gets really, really butthurt about that. You're not nice. I'm like, I don't have to be, I don't have to fucking be nice, bro. Like, I'm not your friend. Yeah. But I promise you, when you're on your own at 18, 20, you know, whatever it is, you'll know why I was that way. My dad used to say the same thing to me, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I give my dad a lot of credit. I was a dick when I was 14, 15, 16. I was a dick. 6'2", and it's 5'8", 5'9". You see the disconnect there, right? Just punk the as shit out as, as soon as I was taller than him, I heard somebody say, yeah, man, I whooped my dad's ass. I was like, <laughs> you can wait a minute. Why would you do that? And they were like, I'm taller than him. And I was like, oh, well, I'm taller than my dad. So then uh, we'd get into it when they we first got... When our mixed family, my stepmom's side of the family, and my dad, we all were blended, right? When we first started moving in, I was really bad. I remember a couple of experiences. One, I shoved him down a, a flight of stairs. I looked down at him. I was like, get up. He didn't do nothing. Didn't do nothing. Cannot imagine my kids doing that. They're getting, they getting the ass whooped. Yeah. They're yeah. getting the ass whooped. They know that, though. My, my son has a couple summers. I give him about three, and then oh. he'll be able to choke me out because that was one of the first things I taught them was, you know, wrestling and some mm -hmm. grappling and some stand-up and just basic skills mm -hmm. of being primal, you know? And, I mean, you can't go wrong with teaching them how to no. defend themselves. So I've been fairly, I mean, my son would, if he was here right now, he would beg me to wrestle him. You know, he's the one who mm -hmm. brings it on. And I think about it, it's like, man, how cool is that to to be able to wrestle your dad and know that one day you're going to fucking crush him? Yeah. Like my son is not. Yeah, there'd be a time there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there would be a time. Oh, I already know. Crush. I just, I want to push that date as long as I possibly can. <laughs> but yeah, the other experience, I mean, we had a really hard blended family when we first started, when we first started moving, when we started blending in and moving in the same household, my stepmom got breast cancer mm. when they got, when they dad and her got married. So he was going through a ton right but like you said as a man you don't know how to express yourself so he did what every other man in the world did bottled it up put that cork on and just kept pushing it tighter and tighter and tighter until one day couldn't happen it couldn't handle anymore and the bottle it explodes right and then it's brutal mm -hmm. i remember like just silly things they get pissed off. i mean like just violent pissed off at you know but it's what he was going through you know like he asked me once this is another story i was being a dick hey put these dishes away i'm like dude i did the i did the laundry i'm doing the freaking dishes i'm cooking can you give me can you give me a break and by the way you know i still have to do school work that you're busting my ass about and i told him one day i was like yo back the fuck off and he's excuse me and i said back off i need some room please and he's like get this shit done and i was like dude back off and he just kept getting closer and i was just added took eight plates eight plates in my hand and all i did was smash him over his face but hit him as hard as i could the next moment i was like oh shit what did i just do and I, like i looked i looked in the behind me and there's a window there and i'm like i'm going through this just brace <laughs> nothing he was like yo you better pick this up before linda comes home comes downstairs 
He's cleaned it up. It's good. I mean, I give him all the credit in the world for that. But like, there's other times where he just wasn't present. And that's the hardest. That's super hard. From the age of like, man, 14 to 18. Five really, really strong years where you really need, I think you need a dad presence in, a real strong leadership from that. And it wasn't that he wasn't present. Yeah, he was. He just wasn't present. Because he was always working, right? It was like work, work, work. Produce, producing, I don't know. I mean, I don't know any other, any other man that won't just, he just got it done. Like he always produced. We had a good middle-class life, right? Never, never really high. We one or two vacations a year, but we get five kids. So going out to eat was a thing that he liked doing. He still likes doing that. Um, but like going to sporting events, he'd come, he'd come to my sporting events, like track or baseball or whatever. Or basketball, but like after 11, no more coaching because it was divorce season, right? And then work, 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 work. When I first moved in with them, um, after I was getting away with like everything for my mom, we had, man, that's a rough decision. I always question about why I make, why I make that decision because as a 13, 14 year old, why would you want to do better? Why would you not want to get away with whatever you can get away with, right? But there was a there was something in my head that said, hey, you need discipline right now. This is where you're going to get the discipline from. He's not going to let shit slide. Like, he's not going to let you go around smoking or doing drugs or mixing with the wrong people. He didn't call you out on it. So we did that. When I moved in, we had uh, a fridge, a gas stove, my bed, had a water bed and a tube tv we had that for the longest time i remember he came home one day and he was like yo i got us a couch it's got a bed and i was like sweet that's your new bed bro <laughs> and uh so there's things like that or like he took the whole summer off like this is experience stuff right he took the whole summer off every day man got up worked out Went jet skiing, went to the the bar by us. We'd get some bar burgers. Good. Or we'd come home. The next-door neighbor would be passed out drunk. The barbecue guy would come by and be like, oh, you guys want this? Or we'd play basketball until like 12 o'clock at night. Those are the things. Those are the things that really stick with me, so I want to make sure that I do more of them with, with Davin and Christian. So like when Davin says, hey, Yo, let's go play basketball. If I don't feel good, it that's what gets me up. It's like, oh, you know what? If, if I just sit here, I'll be like him, my dad, right? I can do better than that. And I want Davin and Christian to be way better than me, right? And I want generations to, I'm the broken, I'm the broken chain, right? I'm the chain that just went off from the black sheet, from the whole family. So it's really, it's really interesting. To where now it's circling around. He's like, wow. Wow, you did really good. Wow, even when we were traveling, he's like, wow, you know, when, we were here, when I was here the, the second time, he's like, yo, you're really making this work. I'm really proud of you. And for the longest time, that had been great to hear that. But then at that point, I was like, wow. Like I came home and told me, I'm like, yo, my dad just said he was proud of me, but I didn't really... Cause I'm like, I'm not working for somebody else anymore. Like I'm not working for that acknowledgement. Justin James, we could go on for hours, yeah, my can. brother, man. Y you just killed it. And although we had some fun in the first uh, half, the, the past 20 minutes have been stoic and epic and uh, extremely mindful for for the dads out there who may not have had the best role model or or the the dad that they wanted mm -hmm. i often quote tony robbins had i had half the dad that i wanted i wouldn't be half the man that i am today uh it it made me who i am growing up fatherless it's made you who you are growing up with a father who who wasn't present during some years and there's some men out there right now who are struggling who, who are going to listen to this podcast and realize man you know, either A, I got to call my dad because he was he was great 
or he sucked and I'm going to call him and tell him it's okay. Uh, or, or B, if they are dads and they didn't have a dad, then like you and I, man, they're doing everything they possibly can to change that pattern for their kids and improve on the, the leadership that their dad gave them. My brother, Justin James, I appreciate you for letting me come up to the crib, man. It's beautiful. The sun's uh, about to set behind us and uh, we're, we're going to lock this thing up. For those of you guys listening, we truly appreciate you for being here today. You could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to spend some time with us. First and foremost, stay strong, stay humble, stay safe, and stay healthy. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear a little bit more about our first digital mastermind of 2020, The Alchemist, a digital coaching mastermind for men who are ready to show up to the game of life as a level 10 father. Look out for that. And of course, Justin, let's end it with a little shameless self-promotion, although you dropped it earlier. Where can we see you and find you next? Uh, the most, the place that I'm at the most is probably Instagram. So you can find me on my personal Instagram at A-W-D-D-O-N-U-T-S. And you can find uh, me at, at Big Hot Meat on Instagram. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to say it one more time. Big Hot Meat. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Say it like you said it the first time. Oh, you can find me at, at Big Hot Meat. Hey, there we go, man. Yeah. Thank you for being here, brother. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out.